Welcome to day 298 of Shaped by the Word. We continue our journey through the book of James, and we have agreed from the beginning that this is one of the most <laughs> convicting of books in the New Testament, and that's because James's applications are so straightforward. He says if the gospel is really at work in your life, then this is this is how to look in your attitude toward others, your attitude toward your you know trials, and your attitude toward responding to the word of God that's been planted in you, which will save you and which will you know transform you from the beginning so i'm paul kemp here with cindy kemp and david keefe and we continue and come to maybe one of the most convicting parts of you know james um, about our words Mm -hmm. and what our words reveal about us Mm -hmm. and this is humbling Mm-hmm. It's true. So, David, why don't you pray for us? <laughs> I might get the wrong words. In yeah, the yeah. I'm going to see what you do with them. No, Father, we um, we do come humbly to your word. Um, may we never be a, a prideful people who think we have our act together and and therefore are above your word. Um, and so, Father, as we do look at the challenges of your word um, as paul said we know that as the gospel is at work in our life it is going to change us it is going to convict us and and so even when we are challenged um may we uh may we lean into you and may you um, meet us where we are and um, do the work that only you can do in our in our lives mm-hmm. um, we know deeply that our tongues are such a mess and so may you Help sanctify our tongues and transform our tongues so that we speak and think and, and, and talk in ways that honor you and maybe not be duplicitous or or anything like that. Um, but may we be um, your people in, in this place, in this time, for your glory. And we pray this all in the name of Jesus. Amen. James chapter 3, verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers and sisters, because you know that... We who teach will be judged more strictly. We all stumble in many ways. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. When we put bits in the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boast. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Uh, The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can can tame the tongue, which I just proved. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that come from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For you have envy and selfish ambition, there you have disorder and every evil practice. 
But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. What causes fights and quarrels among you? Don't they come from your desires that battle within you? You desire, but you do not have, so you kill. You covet, but you cannot get what you want, so you quarrel and fight. You do not have because you do not ask God. When you ask, you do not receive it because you ask with wrong motives that you may spend what you get on your on your pleasures. You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. Or do you think that Scripture says without reason that he jealously longs for the spirit that he has caused to dwell in us? But he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and well. Change your laughter to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks speaks against a brother or sister or judges them speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge your brother? Now listen, you who say today or tomorrow we will go to this city or that city and spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life, your own mist, that appears for a little while and then vanishes? Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good that they ought to do and does not do it, it is for them sin. All right, and not many of us should presume to be teachers, and of course teachers are known by their many words, and in their many words uh, there are sometimes many errors, and uh, we are to come in, you know, very, you know, very careful, and, and of course the illustrations he has with the tongue are kind of, you know, crazy. You can, mm-hmm. you can control a horse, you can control a ship, you know, and all of its great power, but most of us have the inability to control our tongues, and, you know, one moment we're, you know, praising God, and order and impress everyone around us of how deeply spiritual we are in the next moment we're gossiping about each other mm-hmm. and he said that should not be and said it's like uh it's like a salt it's like a fresh water uh salt water produce like salt water producing a fresh water in a stream no this is uh especially convicting as i'm preaching this upcoming sunday um <laughs> But yeah, no, I remember when I was a, a student pastor, we were going And of course, for, for those of you on the podcast, this will be a two weeks after David has actually preached. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Never mind. <laughs> when I was a student pastor, the uh, I, uh, verse 9, we were going through James, and the student was just so honest. He's like, oh my gosh, verse 9, that's what I do. He goes, I do that all the time. You know, with my tongue, I praise our Lord and Father, and with it, curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Yeah. And the same is true for me. Um, mm-hmm. Failing to see that image of God in people and failing to give mm-hmm. them dignity and honor and, and worth through the way that I speak of them, um, either whether it's groups of people or specific people, mm-hmm. we all do that, failing to see who they truly are and, and therefore we don't speak to them kindly or, or about them kindly and, or with dignity. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And then, you know, he, he also, you know, goes on, you know, to talk about uh, when we use the law to judge others, we're actually standing in judgment over the law, and there's only one who's, who's in that position. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so we should go back, you know, to what he has you know, already told us, that we ought to use the law, the perfect law that gives freedom as a mirror into our own heart, you know, change our own hearts rather than the standard, you know, by which we're judging others. And, th- and that doesn't mean that there aren't occasions where, you know, we do need to judge the fruit of leaders and others, you know, around us. Uh, you know, we're, you know, we're talked about by your fruit, you'll know them, but it's what we tend to do is uh, do what Jesus, you know, cautions us against is finding the small specks in other people's eyes while ignoring the large beams, mm-hmm. you know, that protrude from our own. I like kind of the, um, where it talks about the untamed tongue is actually a, a restless evil full of deadly poison. And then it kind of takes you then over to 17 and 18 where it talks about um, those that are, you know, submitting um and, and who are humble, they're peacemakers who sow in peace and reap a harvest of righteousness, but they're peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy, good fruit, mm-hmm. and impartial and sincere. And what a incredible contrast that is yeah. from a tongue that is a restless evil tearing down and even goes on to talk about quarreling and boasting. But yeah, it's a Now that, that, is, a you know, that is you know crazy. There's a restless evil full of deadly poison and then of course it even says set on fire. Uh, by hell itself, mm-hmm. and uh, so you know, certainly, you know, and, and of course, the contrast is just created. You know, in the passage you read was between selfish ambition. Wherever there's selfish ambition, wherever we want to exalt ourselves, right. uh, you're going to find all kinds of evil practices, and that's certainly why we would use our tongue to kind of bring down others, uh, you know, in order to make us, you know, look a little bit better. Uh, in comparison of doing it and that is just the opposite of the spirit that you know God creates in us which is mm-hmm. you know one that is gentle submissive peace loving mm-hmm. and does so you know harvest of righteousness or brings about you know the righteousness of everyone involved in the community mm-hmm. so it is a huge and then he, he reminds us you know in much the way that you know John does that uh, our selfish ambition wanting things for ourselves consuming things on ourselves exalting our you know selves you know finding our identity and our achievements and our mm-hmm. our you know our position uh, you know is, is friendship with the world and if you choose friendship with the world you've automatically chosen enmity with God you can't at one times be and a friends with all of you know all of these things, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, and uh, the friend of God at the same time, and and that's Jesus. You can't serve yeah. two masters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, yeah, echoing Christ in the Sermon on the Mount. You bet. Yeah. And what a deep challenge for us to even consider our lives in light of that. You know, I mean, he he begins as well as he's, he said in previous chapters. He's he's talking about if you're, if you're wise and understanding, then you know show it by your good life show it by the deeds you're doing show it by not being you know in, in partnership with the world and, and therefore being an enemy against god such challenging and direct application yeah and, and of course jesus when he introduces us in the sermon on the mount you know talks about mm-hmm. being poor in spirit which is mm-hmm. you know humble in the 
in, in the best you know kind of way, considering you know what's in us and what we know of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then you, you you find you know you find the same thing. And the next thing you ask us is to to mourn. Mm-hmm. And so he says in verse eight, you know, come near to God, and He will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, a double-minded. Grieve, mourn, and well. Change your laughter to mourning, and your joy to gloom. Tell us consider it pure joy when we experience trials. But when we see in ourselves the inconsistencies to, to, to grieve and to mourn and to humble ourselves before the Lord, knowing that in grace, you know, that he'll, he'll lift us up. And what a beautiful picture of humbling yourself before the Lord, that, that idea of kind of taking yourself off of whatever throne you've put yourself on, realizing who you mm-hmm. truly are, what the scriptures have truly said about you, and then humbly going to the Lord. What a great posture that I would think has to begin kind of being these beginnings of, of some of these fruits and, and that these changes in, in the Christian life is is that humble posture before the Lord mm-hmm. um, removing the prideful disposition that a lot of us typically walk around with it's kind of in that same vein of that that pride opposite of the humility that we're talking about that we you know, make our plans as if, you know, this is our kingdom and our plans and our schedule. And um, we're reminded that we don't even know what tomorrow holds. And, so, and we have no idea. Yeah. And uh, we do. You're, you're right. That's part of, you know, uh, friendship with this world. I've got it all figured out. I know when I'm going to retire. I know when I'm going to get my next promotion. I know when I'm going to buy my next car. I know mm-hmm. where I want my next house to be. And uh, we, we have it planned out, but it's all, uh, you know, a good point. You know, it's all a mini kingdom of ours for, yeah. for our comfort and for our pleasure. And, of course, he's saying part of the reason you don't have some of these things is you don't ask God. And part of the reason you can't ask God is because you're asking for the wrong things with the wrong motives mm-hmm. that you can consume it on your mm-hmm. pleasure. My goodness. Yeah. I mean, who's like that? Who wants stuff to consume on their own pleasure? I don't, I don't, I don't know I anybody <laughs> yeah. who lives their life under that kind of idolatry. Oh, oh that hurts mm. so much it that we're, we're more concerned about comfort and pleasure than we are in doing the will of God, uh, suffering trials in order to be formed in God and mm-hmm. uh, gracefully you know, uh, speaking words of encouragement you know, to those around us. Yeah, he gets really, he says, you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. <laughs> Here's how important you are. You're a mist. You ever see mist in the air? It's just like, oh, there it goes. You know, he's like, you're not, man, we make ourselves so important, don't we? We do. And we're so centered on ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In, in the moment. Yeah. You know, and in, in, in what we can experience in the moment. Mm-hmm. And it is mm-hmm. a deep, you know, it is deeply convicting. Mm. No, next to that section I just wrote. I am so guilty, you know, of, of, yes, you are. Yeah. And so <laughs> am I. Oh my goodness. I mean, what a, what a, you know, and of course that's what we love about scripture. He's already yeah. told us it's a mirror that shows us ourself. And, uh, you know, we, we realize when we read this, that, you know, circumstances have not changed, you know, mm-hmm. uh, even though we're 2000 years removed that humanity and it's, Depravity always seeks after the things of this world, and God in grace has called us to something much deeper and much better. Mm. Father, thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for a mirror that shows us ourselves in a a way we often do not want to see ourselves, but we thank you for the grace Mm -hmm. of calling us away from the things that we cling to, uh, to cling to you. 
And may we find our deepest heart satisfaction in knowing and doing your will. Mm -hmm. It's in your holy name we pray. Amen. Amen.